Chapter Six of Series Runaway and Other Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Annie Hill. Series Runaway and Other Essays by Alice Maynell. Chapter Six The Little Language. Dialect is the elf rather than the genius of place and a dwarfish master of the magic of local things in england we hardly know what a concentrated homeliness it nourishes inasmuch as with us the castes and classes for whom goldoni and galina and signor fogazzaro have written in the patois of the veneto use no dialect at all neither goldoni nor galina has charged the venetian language with so much literature as to take from the people the shelter of their almost unwritten tongue. Signor Fogazzaro, bringing tragedy into the homes of dialect, does but show us how the language staggers under such a stress, how it breaks down and resigns that office. One of the finest of the characters in the ranks of his admirable fiction is that old manageress of the narrow things of the house, whose daughter is dying insane. I have called the dialect a shelter. That it is, but the poor lady does not cower within. Her resigned head erect, she is shut out from that homely refuge, suffering and inarticulate. The two dramatists in their several centuries also recognize the inability of the dialect. They laid none but light loads upon it, they caused it to carry no more in their homely plays than it carries in homely life. Their work leaves it what it was, the talk of a people talking much about few things, a people like our own, and any other in their lack of literature, but local and all Italian in their lack of silence. Common speech is surely a greater part of life to such a people than to one less pleased with chatter or more pleased with books. I am writing of men, women, and children, and children are not forgotten, since we share a patois with children on terms of more than common equality, who possess, for all occasions of ceremony and opportunities of dignity, a general, national, liberal, able, and illustrious tongue, charged with all its history and all its achievements. For the speakers of dialect of a certain rank speak Italian too. But to tamper with their dialect, or to take it from them, would be to leave them houseless and exposed in their daily business. So much does their patois seem to be their refuge from the heavy and multitudinous experiences of a literary tongue, that the stopping of a fox's earth might be taken as the image of any act that should spoil or stop the talk of the associated seclusion of their town and leave them in the bleakness of a larger patriotism the venetian people the genoese and the other speakers of languages that might all have proved right italian had not dante petrarch and boccaccio written in tuscan can neither write nor be taught hard things in their dialect although they can live whether easy lives or hard and evidently can die therein the hands and feet that have served the villager 
and the citizen at homely tasks have all the lowliness of his patois to his mind and when he must perforce yield up their employment we may believe that it is a simple thing to die in so simple and so narrow a language one so comfortable neighborly tolerant and compassionate so confidential so incapable ignorant unappalling inapt to wing any wearied thought upon difficult flight or to spur it upon hard travelling not without words is mental pain or even physical pain to be undergone but the words that have done no more than order the things of the narrow street are not words to put a fine edge or a piercing point to any human pang it may even well be that to die in dialect is easier than to die in the eloquence of manfred though that declaimed language too is doubtless a defence if one of a different manner these writers in venetian they are named because in no other italian dialect has work so popular as goldoni's been done nor so excellent as signor focazzaro's have left the unlettered local language in which they loved to deal to its proper limitations they have not given weighty things into its charge nor made it heavily responsible they have added nothing to it nay by writing it they might even be said to have made it duller had it not been for the reader and the actor insomuch as the intense expressiveness of a dialect of a small vocabulary in the mouth of a dramatic people lies in the various accent wherewith a southern citizen knows how to enrich his talk it remains for the actor to restore its life to the written phrase in dialect the author is forbidden to search for the word for there is none lurking for his choice but of tones allusions and of references and inferences of the voice the speaker of dialect is a master no range of phrases can be his but he has the more or the less confidential inflection until at times the close communication of the narrow street becomes a very conspiracy let it be borne in mind that dialect properly so called is something all unlike for instance the mere jargon of london streets the difference may be measured by the fact that italian dialects have a highly organized and orderly grammar the londoner cannot keep the small and loose order of the grammar of good english the genoese conjugates his patois verbs with subjunctives and all things of that handsome kind lacked by the english of universities the middle class the piccolo mondo the chairs italian dialect with the poor are more strictly local in their manners than either the opulent or the indigent of the same city they have moreover the busy intelligence which is the intellect of patois at its keenest their speech keeps them a sequestered place which is italian italian beyond the can of the traveller and beyond the reach of alteration and what is pretty to observe the speakers are well conscious of the characters of this intimate language an italian countryman who has known no other climate will vaunt in fervent platitudes his italian son in like manner he is conscious of the local character of his language and tucks himself within it at home whatever tuscan he may speak abroad a properly spelt letter swift said would seem to expose him and mrs dingley 
and stella to the eyes of the world but their little language ill written was snug lovers have made a little language in all times finding the nobler language insufficient do they ensconce themselves in the smaller discard noble and literary speech as not noble enough and in despair thus prattle and gibber and stammer rather perhaps this departure from english is but an excursion after gaiety the ideal lovers no doubt would be so simple as to be grave that is a tenable opinion nevertheless age by age they have been gay and age by age they have exchanged language imitated from the children they doubtless never studied and perhaps never loved why so they might have chosen broken english of other sorts that for example which was once thought amusing in farce as spoken by the frenchman conceived by the englishman a complication of humour fictitious enough one might think to please any one or else a fragment of negro dialect or the style of telegrams or the masterly adaptation of the simple savages english devised by mrs plornish in her intercourse with the italian but none of these found favour the choice has always been of the language of children let us suppose that the flock of winged loves worshipping venus in the titian picture and the noble child that rides his lion erect with a background of venetian gloomy dusk may be the inspirers of those prattlings see then thyself likewise art little maid says spencer's venus to her child swift was the best prattler he had caught the language surprised it in stella when she was veritably a child he did not push her clumsily back into a childhood he had not known he simply prolonged in her a childhood he had loved he is sepi night dealis dee night dealis log it is a real good night it breathes tenderness from that moody and uneasy bed of projects End of chapter 6